0: Major League Baseball is considering moving the pitcher's mound back a foot to address the increasing number of strikeouts over the past 16 years to go from 60 feet 6 inches to 61 feet 6 inches, giving the batters a better chance. That's where all the action is. Now, odds are pretty good that some of you don't care a lick about the rules of baseball, but you'd care about that move if you loved baseball. On Tuesday, I met with some of the coordinators and workers of St. Mary's Thrift Shop, and we covered all sorts of things and ate some good donuts in the midst of it. We covered pricing of items, location of racks, the use or non-use of the bathroom, and many things that would bored the Dickens out of many, except for those who care about clothing the needy from St. Mary's Thrift Shop. And Sunday, a week ago today, the recipe for Grandma's cucumber salad was in the, in the bulletin, and one of you came up to me after Mass. asked, Father, surely there's a mistake in this recipe. Your grandmother surely did not want Crisco, Crisco oil in the recipe. Surely there must be something else that's supposed to be there. And maybe you don't care a lick about that either, but you do if you care about having a good salad, at least about appreciating historic cooking recipes of Americana. See, all three of these, the baseball, the thrift shop, and grandma's recipe, they're examples of man-made laws. And any one of them, like it or not, could be changed. Baseball, as much as I'd discourage it, if anyone's asking, could change the distance. The thrift shop, I'd completely trust them to arrange things just the way they should be, and I'd even turn a blind eye if someone wanted to put avocado oil in Grandma's recipe instead of what Grandma said was supposed to be there. Just don't tell me about it. But how much is the how much do Catholics, this is the question of the day from the scriptures, how much do Catholics think about laws? What do we think about laws? I propose, in general, we've got a bit of a a love-hate relationship with them, largely from, from the gospel account that we hear today. Jesus, questioned by the Pharisees and the scribes, they start talking about those those rules of coming out of the marketplace and washing their hands and purifying themselves and all the the cups and jugs and kettles and beds, all of that. And Jesus said, this is the tradition of the elders. These are man-made laws. Jesus is fine with changing them and actually seems to be promoting a change just to help people remember What really does matter? But at the same time, he's not an anarchist that's saying, that the heck with him, let's blow up all the laws, because he was a faithful Jew. He appreciated those words of Moses that we hear in the first reading. What great nation, Moses says, has statutes and decrees that are as just as the law of God? What nation has a God so close to him? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. The Word was God. The Logos, the Word, also translated as law. Jesus appreciated it. He lived it. He, he was it. We can imagine the words of James being lived out by a young Jesus as a child, humbly, what does he say, humbly welcoming the Word. That was planted in you, for it is able to save your souls, the word, the logos, the law. Jesus gives us a gritty list of laws that actually do matter, much more than the hand washing ones. This is what defiles, he says, what comes from their hearts, come evil thoughts. Unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. Now, similar to the baseball and the thrift shop, maybe there are many that don't care a lick about these either. But surely they do, surely we do if we're here for we want Jesus in our hearts and in our lives. For the Christian moral life is not a list of no, 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 but it's one big yes, a yes to the love of God that asks us to get rid of some of the the junk Tomorrow, 6 a.m., will start, and it'll go all the way till 10 p.m., another day of mercy here at St. Mary's. The the chapel will be used by myself and the other priests, inviting people to, to come and take advantage of that yes, that is, saying, yes, I love the Lord, and I don't want these things that keep rearing their ugly heads in my life. I'd propose in preparation or the Day of Mercy that you go back to that list. So often today, people, when the subject of confession comes up, they say, well, I'm a pretty good person, and they knock off one or two of those. I haven't committed adultery, I haven't murdered anybody. That's good. I mean, whatever, two out of twelve, that's great. Hopefully none of them, but even if there's just one. How are we doing on greed? How are we doing on deceit? or arrogance, or malice? Do evil thoughts, are we pure in all senses, maintaining chastity?" Yesterday, the Church honored St. Augustine, the, the great saint and bishop who died 160 years ago yesterday. One of the great minds of the 2,000 years of Christianity but also, as you probably know, one of the great sinners of the church. You probably know that his conversion to the faith that was long prayed for and pleaded for by his mother, St. Monica, was not an overnight change. He struggled with sin. He struggled with that, that whole list, but in particular pride. He was so smart so talented, a great orator, a great scholar. He struggled with his view of the world. We understand from the scriptures that God created the world good. The Manichaean philosophy that he ascribed to did not buy that. It was a whole change for him to actually see the world for what the church sees it. It is good, and it to be lived out purely, in fact, the subject of chastity was a particular challenge for Augustine. Intellectually, maybe you know this, intellectually he knew and appreciated the church's teachings on chastity, absolutely, but it didn't trickle down. One of the most famous quotes of Augustine is, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. He still wanted to hold on to the, what he His heart thought was still fun. And it can sound funny to us to have that record of a great saint of the church. Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. But I think it's important. He was a work in progress. He acknowledged that. I know this is the end goal. This is the way I need to live. But it's hard. And I need help. I need grace. I need the sacraments. Of all of Augustine's writings, the writings on morality, the writings on grace and on the sacraments, this was the most famous and most important. St. Augustine said in his confessions, Our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. Our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. Augustine knew what it meant to have a restless heart. And we all, to some degree, do. He knew what it was like to have a love-hate relationship with the law, even God's law. And to some degree, we probably do as well. But when the Lord rests in us, and we thereby rest in Him, when we cast our cares on Him because He Cares for us. There is nothing better. It is filled with His peace.